12 minutes to go in normal time. Liverpool 3-0. Call it, take it quickly, Origi! Hello and welcome to the Redcast. It is me, Matty Orm, on my own today. Hello to anyone listening on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Alexa, and anything like that. And also hello to our listeners over on KCC Live. And if you are watching on YouTube, you can see the visual one. I'm a little bit worse for worse, to be honest with you. Um, I'm gutted. I'm disappointed. Um, but I get it, if that makes sense. Like... Nil-nil against Everton, it's just one of them. You just don't want to happen ever because they're so bad and Liverpool are so good. But you could understand that we'd be rusty after, I think it was 13 weeks off. Um, Klopp surprised a few people with the team. Um, we did discuss it on the last podcast, me and Steve, that probably Milner would replace Robertson if he is injured. And then uh, we spoke about Minamino and stuff like that for, for Salah. But I did not expect... Kaiser to start ahead of Wijnaldum, if I'm completely honest. Uh, even though Kaiser has been looking unbelievable in training and was probably one of our best players on the pitch, uh, I didn't think he'd start over Wijnaldum. And I didn't think Minamino would start either um, over the Ox. But Klopp surprised a few people with his selection. But I wouldn't say it didn't work. I'd say I'd say Minamino looked bright. Um, him and Kaiser, to be honest with you, though the match ratings, what I've seen, they haven't been the best for them too. I think they look sharp, and, and Kaiser's link-up play was phenomenal. You, you did get glimpses of it. He just needs to make them glimpses ra- last more than a few minutes and for 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, breaking the derby down, Liverpool had 10 shots, Everton had 9. We had 69.9% of possession, and they had 30.1%. They had 67% pass succession to our 85 uh, we had 29 aerial duels, one to their 22. They competed more tackles than us with 20 to our 16. We had six corners to their one, and we were dispossessed 15 times to their 10. Now, also, all of them, Liverpool dominated in all the stats, but the one that I do not enjoy seeing us dominate on is the dispossessed stats. Usually, that's so low for Liverpool, like two or three. And the fact that we got dispossessed 15 times is, is absolutely crazy. But one thing I will say to start the podcast is fair play to Everton. They... To be honest with you, if if you asked me before the game, I told me mate six 0 I can't remember what my prediction was on the last pod. I didn't think it'd be that big, but uh, I just I was just so confident going into it because I just thought like Liverpool know that we're gonna win the league on Wednesday, and I think the anticipation and the hype. I, I don't know why I expected anything different from Liverpool. We've had years of being disappointed, um, so now we're all Burnley fans tonight, and yeah, it's just. I don't like relying on another team to mess up for us to get what we want. Um, but then it does make it a little bit sweeter that we could probably win it against City. But then I wanted them to give us a guard of honour. I really wanted City to give us a guard of honour. Um, and for the same reason I've spoke about with the Everton game, I wanted to see them iconic pictures of our players dropping to the ground with like disbelief and happiness to be at Anfield. Not anywhere else. It's not Goodison, and especially not the Etihad. Even though it would be good to to beat City at the Etihad and win the league at the Etihad, 
again, that's too much pressure for me because City are a good team and to say, right, we need to go there and at least get a draw, that's all That's all right. But to say, oh, we need to go there and win, that's not all right. So we need to um, definitely win Palace on Wednesday, regardless of the City game today. We just need to win Palace. If City drop points today, we can still win the league against Palace on Wednesday. But who knows? City did look good against Arsenal. Arsenal didn't do us a favour either, did they? But City did look phenomenal against Arsenal, um, dare I say it. So I'm not expecting them to take, like, be turned over by Burnley, but then Burnley are at home. But then you've the whole fan thing, that Merseyside derby to me was one of the worst Merseyside derbies I've ever watched. Not just in terms of the playing and the playing style of both teams, and both teams just looked a little bit nervous to do anything. Uh, for me, it was just a little bit like... No fans. What's a derby with no fans? You know what I mean? And it just didn't sit right with me having no fans. I, I watched them in mates and we had like the crowd noise on. And even that, it's so much better the German crowd noise than our crowd noise. You know what I mean? I don't know if that was just because they were using Everton's crowd noise. Um, but Everton usually have decent fans. So I was quite surprised, to be honest with you, um, at how bad the crowd noise sounded. Whether we had it set up wrong or, or what, I'm not really sure. But it just didn't sound that good compared to when I've watched the Bundesliga, their crowd noise just seems a little bit more real. Whether that be because I don't know what they're saying, uh, so it just sounds like noise, maybe, but yeah, it just didn't sit right with me. And to be honest with you, when I watched the game on Wednesday, I'm probably not going to watch it with with crowd noise on. Um, And it depends, I probably won't even be be watching it with with my mates. It doesn't look like we're going to win the league, which is just devastating, really. I mean, the City game is... It's a good game to win it, if you're asking me. Like, if you want my personal opinion, City games are good, a good game to win it. Um, but it's just a little bit for like, it's just a little bit like we want to win it at Anfield. You know what I mean? And the City games just a little bit for me. We're playing them on Thursday, second of July, quarter past eight. It's just a little bit of a, a crap game, if you ask me. Like, who wants to win the league on a Thursday? Everyone's gonna be in work on the Friday. Like, most people are back now. Most of my mates are back in work, especially. So an earth wants to win the league on a Thursday. Do you know what I mean? It's it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, but yeah, that's just that's just football for you, isn't it? Never ceases to amaze. But we are gonna discuss more about the upcoming fixtures because more have been announced later on in the pod. But I just want to get into the the nitty gritty of it. Uh, obviously, Milner went off quite early on, so then we had to see. Um, I feel. Like Gomez played left back, um, but I'm not quite sure. I think they all just done their own bit. And Virgil Van Dijk showed them, showing last night again why he is the world's best defender. And in playing next to Dejan Lovren, he deserves about twenty Premier League medals for doing any minutes with that guy. I seen a stat. Um, I'll try and pull it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. That Lovren yesterday, um. Let me get it up. He played 17 minutes. He lost every tackle he went for, lost possession three times, got dribbled past once, and and it was only one attempt. He misplaced eight passes and lost two aerial duels. And he's on £100,000 a week. I honestly think I could do better than that, and I'm not the best at footy. I was never that good. I've got a left foot that comes out once a year. But that's just shocking. Absolutely shocking. Now, Carragher went in on him. In on him, saying he should play off him. It was like in tweets about how bad he was. Now, whether that's because Lovren's like Mikel Sylvester's tweets, I'm not getting into that. Lovren shouldn't have done it because 
Liverpool Twitter would reach him for it. He's already not the biggest fan. Liverpool fans aren't the biggest fan of him. So he's just making more reasons because you Carragher's one of us, isn't he? You just don't want to upset him. But yeah, he was shocking. He was so bad. And it disappointed me how bad he was. Um, Salah, I'm in one of their mindsets, me, in football. And if you can make the bench, you can start. That's the way I look at it. If you're fit enough to make the bench and potentially come onto the game, you're good enough to start that game. Now, Salah didn't come on, so that logic sort of doesn't apply, but I just don't get it, me. I don't get why he was on the bench if he can't even play. Do you know what I mean? We've got the likes of Kersic. Like, we had Necho Williams and Harvey Elliott on the bench. So why didn't, if Salah couldn't play and couldn't come on because of his injury, why not just put Curtis Jones on the bench instead? Someone who could have come on for Kiter or Henderson or whatever and like maybe made an impact, maybe scored another screen past them, you know. Carly Fantastico couldn't beat the kids, you know. But Everton looked good. I'm going to hold my hands up, me the first one to say, Everton looked really good yesterday. They were tight, they were compact, they had the better chances. They should have scored multiple times. Um, they, they probably should have beat us. Uh, a draw was probably a fair result because we absolutely dominated and we passed off the park for 90 minutes, but we're just not clinical enough. It's just the play, be all and end all of it. Liverpool are not clinical enough. We desperately, desperately need a striker. And if that didn't show... Yesterday, I don't know what it will. I mean, I'm not saying we need a first team strike because Bobby is obviously the first choice and he always will be because Bobby is the system. Whether he scores two goals or 10 goals in a season, he is the system. The system doesn't work without Bobby. He glues it all together. But, and I get that. Our goals come from Mane and Salah. But when one of that front three is injured, we drop off so much. And it's worth noting that when United got points against us, Salah weren't playing in that either. Now, I've been I've criticised Salah before myself for being too ball greed. But when he doesn't play, Liverpool just lack creativity and lack that spark really. And it, it was shown again yesterday. I mean, Takumi he played all right considering it was a major sad derby, first game back after so long out. The expectations were so high. I wouldn't have thrown him into that myself. Um, I would have done whatever and done what he'd thrown in that kid, Gordon. I would have just thrown Elliot in. Someone who's got the heart and the passion like Trent. Someone who, like... Now, I'm not saying Minamino hasn't got the heart and the passion, but a Premier League title win would mean a lot more to someone like Harvey Elliott than it will to Minamino. It'll mean a lot to the whole team, but Minamino's coming in January. Elliot's been a Liverpool fan his whole life. Do you know what I mean? Like... <coughs> oh my god. Um I just didn't understand understand that. But Minamino did look good. And when you go into his actual stats, he wasn't he wasn't terrible. He had two tackles, eighty five percent pass succession rate. He had two shots. Um and he didn't get dribble pass. He got dispossessed three times. Um but didn't have any aerial duels or anything like that to go up against them. But you know what? I always thought Minamino was younger than 25, so it's not like he's got... I mean, Robert, well, Robert's not a show, a little bit time settling and so the Fabinho, but he needs to start hitting the ground running really at that age. I don't think FSG's model of buying Youngs where really he can sell them for a profit uh, really applies to Minamino because he needs to hit the ground running, but he didn't play bad, if you like. Nah, he didn't play bad. He really didn't play bad, and there was some of his movements... That was phenomenal, but I don't think he'll work with Firmino. I don't think him and Firmino should start together ever because they're so alike. If you watch 
any of our games this season when our front three play together. The reason we score goals is because Mane and Salah make chances out of the possession that Firmino creates. So Firmino does runs that drags defenders out of position for to allow Mane and Salah to cut in, and then they get the goals. Now Minamino is that type of player as well. He makes a lot of lot of chances. There was the um, the chance where him and Kaiser right took just basically just took the middle of Everton. And then Minamino shot, and he probably shouldn't have shot. It was in the box. It was quite crowded. But, you know, you're not going to take that away from the lad, you know what I mean? To, to score Liverpool's first goal back in a derby, you're not going to take that away from the lad. It, like, fair play for having a shot, fair play for having the confidence to do so. But he was creating that space, which then Kaiser ran into, which then link up with Minamino, which, which opened the space and opened up the, the gate, so to speak, to Evan. So it was a little bit... I don't think they should play together. Uh, I feel like Minamino's a good option off the bench and that's what he should be for Liverpool bench players starting in, in other games you know what I mean not starting in like Merseyside Derby or games like United your cities and stuff like that he's very similar to Bobby and I feel like if he started down the middle or on the right without Bobby playing if Bobby was having a rest then it might work because Minamino would then ultimately act as Bobby in terms of creating the spaces and stuff for Mane and Salah to then utilise so it might work without Bobby in the team but playing two players who are very similar it just didn't work for me, and maybe it's something you can work on in training. Maybe it's something that will improve, but them two just shouldn't start together because they're two the two players that are so alike, and you don't really want two people cutting in and making the chances and making the space when they've only got Mane to utilize it. Um, who, by the way, Sadio Mane, we need to protect that guy at all cost. At all costs, he was so eager to play, he forgot to take his knee <laughs> in the Black Lives Matter thing. Uh, I shouldn't laugh, but. <clears throat> you can see that was a genuine mistake and the amount of people who reached on Twitter for it like when it first happened it was just like come on do you know what I mean like why would he not take the knee he's got no reason to he's all he's all for the Black Lives Matter movements as is everybody in the world to be honest with you if you're not for it then you're just a racist really and I'm not going to touch on it because I don't know the ins and outs of everything to do with the Black Lives Movement um, I know little bits and I've got my own things um, thoughts on things uh, but yeah, if you're a racist, you you need to let it anyway. So it's not like he done it on purpose and he got reached for it. But then Liverpool fans are just saying protect him at all costs. He was so eager to play, which he was. You could see he just wanted to get going. Uh, as for the rest of the team, Virgil van Dijk was my man of the match. Um, just for what he'd done when Lovren came on for them 17 minutes. like It's bizarre like how bad Dejan Lovren actually is. I think... The Ox should have got brought on sooner. <clears throat> I said this in the last podcast. Even my, he's not nowhere near as close as Steven Gerrard for Liverpool. He's, he's nowhere near as good as Steven Gerrard for Liverpool. However, he's one of them players who will not be scared to have a shot from 30, 40 yards. We've seen it against City in the Champions League. We've seen it multiple times in the Premier League. The Ox will shoot from outside the box and he's got a decent shot on him. So when it, I think he should have come on sooner. Um, and I think he should there. Uh, he might have scored because there was a few. There was a chance of it in the eighty fifth minute when he he danced around the defence and he ended up getting Fabinho who took the free kick. That free kick, the Ox made that. Now that's what the Ox can do. He can cause a problem for defenders. He can shoot from outside the box. Nobody knows whether he's going to take them on or shoot because he's got the ability to do both. And that's what I like about the Ox. And he causes problems for the defence. Everton's defence yesterday to be fair, them was actually decent. I think Mason Holgate got man of the match. Um, 
I'm not 100 percent sure because to be honest with you, made the final whistle went to turn it off because it could be bothered. I was fuming. I was proper fuming. Um, just because it just took away the fact that we could win the league on Wednesday and the fact it might now be the second of July, which is like eleven days away, something like that after the Palace game. Um, so yeah, I was I was annoyed, but yeah, my man of the match would be would be Van Dyke to be honest with you. If not Van Dyke. I'd go as far as say Fabinho. Um, I'm knackered. I'm proper done in. These late night games are no good for me. I'm old now. Um, Fabinho had 93% pass succession. Um, he had 6.8 possession of the whole game. He had one shot, one three out of three aerial duels, one three out of three tackles, never got dispossessed. Um, it was solid. It was the Fabinho that we remembered. He was solid. He was filling the gaps. He was defensive. He was attacking. Didn't know he could take a free kick, but the if Pickford can get his hands with that was going in all around for me Fabinho probably will get my other match but just for them 17 minutes that we played with Dejan Lovren Van Dijk deserves my other match because I couldn't play with that guy but Van Dijk stats by the way for the for yesterday oh my god 10 out of 10 aerial duels won 88% pass succession 9.7% of the whole um, possession on the pitch and the rating him at 7.5 with the give a whole case of 7.7. So he is closest to a uh, man of the match and say other than Holgate. But he was just world class. He is world class. We need to give that man whatever money he wants and give him his contract for as long as he wants. He is an absolute genius. I called me Dog Virgil after him. Um <laughs> again another one called Bobby as well. So but yeah, um Virgil van Dijk is just world class and he's just a Rolls Royce defender. He showed that again yesterday how good he actually is especially with Lovren on the pitch but the substitutes for me <clears throat> the he was a little bit mad if if like you wanted me if you want me full opinion on it he was just a little bit mad for me only because there was just times when I wouldn't have made changes that Jürgen made and I felt like we started the game with a decent team and by the end of the game we brought all our best players off anyway I know, I mean, Everton obviously went for a draw because Everton was shocking. And may I add the treatment they have of Moise Keane? It is ridiculous. Who brings a player on for 10 seconds? You know what I mean? If that was me, I'd say to Carlo, leg it, mate. I am not getting my kiss off to run on that pitch for 10 seconds. Like, what's the point? Do you know what I mean? Why would you do it? And the fact that he, in the past he brought him on and brought him off, he, he needs to just leg Everton. He, he's going to be a good player, Moise Keane, but not at Everton. Do you know what I mean? Like This is a player where Juventus wants to keep hold of, but he left because of the racism within Italy, which is fair enough. But Everton are just weird. He's better than Richarlison. Richarlison, by the way, is a player who winds me up because he'll, he'll get tackled. It was about the 86th minute he got tackled, and then he just went all guns blazing to hurt anybody, anybody in his line of sight, basically, because he got tackled. He's just one of them. He, like, if he gets tackled, it just gets to his head and he starts going wild. He's crap. The fact they paid £50 million for him as well, <clears throat> and he is the, his only trophy in life is to go, huh, I've ran past Virgil van Dijk that one time, so he's not world-class. Leg it. Absolutely leg it. Like, just because you've ran past Virgil van Dijk doesn't make you one of the best in the world. You can't say to your grandkids when you're older, oh, what did you win? I didn't win any trophies, but I ran past Virgil van Dijk that one time. Come on, mate. Why are you saying it? Making a fool out of yourself. Absolute fool out of yourself. And then when he was one-on-one, -on -one, he put it into Buddy Rosette. He just needs to stop talking, doesn't he? Like, if he had the, <clears throat> the minerals to back up that he thinks he's as good as he is, 
then he would have scored that goal and he just didn't. There was multiple times I was watching with Charles and very keenly after what he said about Van Dijk and he's just bad. Bad, bad player, bro. Yeah, it, it goes through. With me failure, both of you good enough to be on the bench, you're good enough to come on and start the game. I would have started Gomez over Massive. Now, what's concerning is the fact Massive and Milner got injured yesterday. More so Milner because we don't know how long Robertson's going to be out. Like, no one's really mentioned it. Um, and then we want Milner for the running. We do. I mean, obviously, you might not get as much game time in the running as you might like because I think once we've won it, Jürgen will play people in terms of getting the medals like Elliot, like Williams, like Jones. But, yeah, it's concerning. We need to just hope Robbo's back for the Burnley game. Then we've got an 11-day break for people to get fit again. But, yeah, it was just disappointing to see Milner go off. I think... That changed the the layout of the game because you had the likes of Gomez and that playing out position. Now I know he's played left back before, but Joe Gomez by by nature is a right back, and then he's moved into central central defence, and he's got a good partnership with Van Dijk. But he's only really moved into central defence because he's not dislodging Trent. Do you know what I mean? So it was just a little bit a bit mad how much the game changed. But it was just a boring game. If I'm completely honest, it was just boring to watch. We were very good on possession. We were very good at most things, to be honest, but putting the ball in the back of the net. And it just didn't seem like Liverpool. It felt like Everton had the better chances, which just doesn't really happen against Liverpool. And Everton should have scored when Alisson parried it. He should have scored then. Um, there was multiple times, I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but he should have scored a few goals and he should have he should have won as Everton. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't understand why they didn't win. We were, we were shocking. Liverpool in terms of final product and when you look at the players who didn't come on Salah, Elliot and Williams why wasn't it worth a punt to throw Neko Williams on at right back on like the 80th minute and put Trent into midfield for that bit of creativity like the, the passes Trent didn't have his best game in a red shirt but he's a kid he's not going to play world class every game he's still a kid but He's still our kid, isn't he? He's, he's going to be the captain of Liverpool one day, and rightfully so. But I just didn't understand that. We could have threw Necho right back and pushed Trent further up or brought Elliot on. Or I would have even brought Elliot on before Divock Origi. Origi is was one of them players, isn't he? He's either absolutely shocking or he's Divock Origi and getting the winner in the Champions League final and taking the mick out of Barcelona. So <coughs> he's just what I... I love Divock, I love what he's done for the club, but he's not good enough for Liverpool, realistically. I think he stayed this year because we couldn't really sell him after what he'd done last year. And I do think he'll go in the summer. But I would have put Elliot on. If Salah really couldn't play, I would have thrown Elliot on instead of Rigi. Just just to give him that that little break. Elliot's a, he's a, I'm a scouser, but he's a scouser at art, isn't he? He's a Liverpool fan, so just to have him coming on in the derby, do you know what I mean? And just thinking, right, I want to score here, and I'm going to do it. Like It would have just given him that little bit extra oomph, do you know what I mean? And the bench for me was quite weak when you look at it. You had O'Loughlin and Gomez came on and then you had Elliot, uh, Williams on the bench as well. So it was three defenders out and then nine subs and then Adrian, so that's four. So we, we had five attacking options with the Chambo, Winaldo, Marigi, Salo and Elliot. Um, and I probably would have brought Elliot on over Origi. When Aldum, I expected to start, um, but Naby put Naby played decent. The Ox should have probably come on earlier, 
But you know what? It's all for if, if but and maybes. I'm not going to complain. We're 23 points clear at the top of the Premier League. Never been done before. A gap that big. We're going to win it earlier than anybody else, I think. Um, well, maybe not now because of that result. But we're still going to win the league in the next two games. If City draw or get beat by Burnley tonight, basically if they don't win, we're going to win the league on Wednesday. If they do win, we're going to win the league at the Etihad on the 2nd of July. Now, going on to that, they've announced more fixtures now. Um, so, after the City game, that's all we got up to, weren't it? First night's quarter past eight, second 2nd of July. Crap, if you ask me. Absolutely crap. I would honestly rather <laughs> not win the league a quarter past eight on a Thursday night because it won't be with the note like 10 o'clock. I will be back at work. It's annoying. Proper annoying. However, um, yeah, so the next games have been announced. We've got Villa on the 5th of July, half four kickoff on a Sunday. I like that. I do like that. If you if I had my way, if we, if we don't win it against Palace, I'd rather win it against Villa. Our four kickoff on a Sunday. It allows people to have barbecues with the mates or be socially distanced in the gardens with the mates. We're not going to go out on the streets. People, Merseyside Police tweeted that, didn't they? Saying like how Liverpool fans and Everton fans are credits to the city. The whole country was watching, expecting Liverpool fans to be gathered outside that stadium. Not one person was. Everyone was at home enjoying it with the mates. Do you know why? Because we're scousers and we actually listen. We listen to people. Like, why would we go and ruin? Because we all know if we went and bounced around Goodison, we probably wouldn't get a title parade. So why people think we'd ruin that? It's bizarre. And even the Everton fans, I thought they might have come out to try and be like, <laughs> Liverpool fans gathered. But do you know what? We couldn't have won the leagues. We weren't even bothered. I think the game should be bothered. Well, it's Palace, but I'm not going anywhere. But that back garden, because why? What's the point? Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the point in putting yourself at risk and... I don't get that. But yeah, back to the games that have been announced. We've got Villa on the 5th of July at half four. Then we've got Brighton on the 8th of July at quarter past eight. Now, I am not 100% sure what day the 8th of July is on. Give me a sec. So we've got Brighton on a Wednesday night. Do you know what, right? People say that the Premier League have a bias towards Liverpool. No, they don't. Because we have been getting the worst fixtures going. Because they know that we could win the league at any minute. And they don't want everyone to be like a Saturday night or, three, or Saturday three o'clock kickoff. So you've got all weekends to party and love it. But you know what? We're Liverpool fans. We're going to party regardless. So if you make us win the league against City a quarter past eight on a Thursday night, we'll still party into the Friday and no one will be going into work. If we, if we win the league against Villa at half four on a Sunday, people won't be going to work on a Monday because they'll be celebrating. And then Brighton on the 8th of July, a Wednesday night, quarter past eight. Who cares? Again, we've that doesn't bother us when we knock Barcelona out of the Champions League. That was on like a, ooh, was that a Tuesday or Wednesday. It was a Tuesday or Wednesday regardless, quarter past eight. We still partied. And then we've got Burnley on the 11th. We've got one decent game. 11th of July, three o'clock kickoff. So we've got to wait basically almost a month before Liverpool are getting a decent game on like a Saturday a Saturday game um, on like an afternoon rather than playing in the night, which is is mad, really. Like, about to win the league, we've got been given the worst fixtures, like, in terms of the timing of them and that. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. But, yeah, um, that's all I'm going to touch on today, really, because... There's not much else to touch on. I don't really want to build up to the Palace game yet. I'm going to do that tomorrow. So you might be going to get two, two podcasts off, off us this week, um, which is back to normal, which I'm excited about. So <clears throat> I'm going to touch on the, the Palace game tomorrow. I'm going to do 
do a podcast tomorrow touching on a Palace game, building up to that because it all depends on that build up whether City gets something tonight against Burnley because if City win tonight, it's just a, it's just another game on the title challenge, really, isn't it? We're not going to win it, so I'm not. It's not going to be as special. Whereas if City, I'd love if I, I can sit here now and build up to the Palace game, but I just don't feel the need to when City are playing tonight, and that that can affect it in a sense of if they do not win, Liverpool can win the league on Wednesday. It just changed the whole perception. So I will be back tomorrow um, with loads of content for you this week. But yeah, up the Reds and any fans who are out there fuming because we didn't win yesterday, just just a heck it. Don't you know what? My advice to any fan who's upset we didn't win it yesterday, like win the game so we could win the league on Wednesday, just look at the league table. That's all you need to do. Look at the league table and see Liverpool back on our perch, 23 points clear of Manchester City who have been regarded as the best side of the Premier League. They're not. Liverpool are. But that's all you need to do. You need to look and see that the best side in the Premier League is Liverpool. We're 23 points clear. And if you're fuming, reggae. I don't like fans who are just so annoyed when we don't win. Do you know what I mean? I've lived 25 years of my life watching Liverpool be crap. So may I add, awful. I've seen Roy Hodgson as our manager. I have seen Liverpool get beat more times when we've won games and stuff like that. And it's horrible. So the fact Liverpool now have been beat once, we've drew twice, and we're 23 points clear at the, Premier, at the top of the Premier League, and people are still moaning, saying we should have won, we should have done this. It's just like, yeah. Maybe, maybe we should have brought Elliot on. Maybe we shouldn't have started Matip. Maybe he weren't that bad, Matip, to be fair, though. And, do you know what I mean? And maybe when Aldham should have started, maybe the Ox should have come on earlier. Maybe Salah should have come on and scored. And there's all if, buts, and maybes, but nobody really knows other than Jürgen Klopp. So we're 23 points clear at the top of the league. There's no pleas in some people. We could have won 12 0 yesterday, and someone still would have said, oh, uh, Nabi Keita uh, dispossessed the ball on this bit and he was crap. No, no, no. Openly, I'll say Everton should have won that game yesterday. I'm not a bit of fan. Um, I don't like Everton in particular, but they should have won the game. They should have. They were Liverpool passed out the park, but they had best. We had passed out the park and had more shots, but they had better chances. So they should have finished the chances, which shows why Everton are in the position they are at twelfth. Because they can't finish the chances. If Everton knew how to finish their chances, they would have beat us yesterday. But what do you expect? We've had 13 weeks off. Do you know what I mean? This We've only been training together for like three weeks or two weeks. Um, and also, Carragher and Neville need to leg the moan out of the water breaks. Do you know what I mean? So many thousand people have died in this pandemic. People who I know as well have died in this pandemic. And people who everybody probably knows in the city. There's, it's just one of them things that you're always going to know somebody who has died from it, which is sad. And the fact that you're moaning about water breaks, no, it's not just a water break, it's a disinfecting the flags and the goalposts and the ball break, which I'm all for. Do you know what I mean? These guys haven't played in weeks and weeks and weeks, basically pre-season. And the thing that worries me the most is Liverpool aren't good after a break. When it's intense, Liverpool are fantastic. Now, if the games are going to be like two a week, we'll wrap the league up pretty quickly. It just depends on... I mean, if obviously, if City drop points tonight, we win the league on Wednesday, I think, against Palace. We'll, 
it'll be I'm interested to see how Liverpool play and I'm feeling out the fans. Um I mean we we played Blackburn and beat them six 0 didn't we? But I'm fielding out fans, man. It'll be a weird, weird place, a weird thing to watch Anfield empty. Um apparently we're one of the only clubs as well we've used our we've used our sponsors on the seats like everybody else, but on the cop <clears throat> um, the spying cop have apparently got the actual flags on the cop, which is a nice touch. Uh, the whole cop covered with the actual flags we're used to seeing. Um but I do think I'm gonna leg that EA crowd noise for the next game because I mean I'll watch it for a bit because it's at Anfield and see if ours any best. We've got the best atmosphere in the in the league, so the crowd noise for Liverpool might be best and the crowd noise for Everton. And that's not against Everton fans. It it was just was shocking yesterday. Do you know what I mean? It's not against them. They weren't there, they weren't making noise, but the EA crowd noise was abysmal for that derby and I did not enjoy it one bit. Like on the Fabinho free kick, for example, it was already out for a corner before you heard the noise of them groaning because he hadn't scored. And it was just like it's so delayed. Which is like which is like FIFA. If people haven't played FIFA, it's the worst, most painful, infuriating game on the market because the servers are so bad. So it doesn't surprise me that they're still lagging in in real life as well. But yeah, I'm back tomorrow. Um, we'll have someone with me, whether it be Steve in the studio or somebody on our fancy telly um, talking about the game. I'm trying. Um, I'm going to try and get some people on, and I did mention it as well on the last pod. If you are a Liverpool fan and you want to come and talk about Liverpool with me, whether that be now you can on Skype, um, Steve can come into the studio because we work together as carers. We can't social distance as carers. We've explained this. However, if you want to come and talk about Liverpool, you can. We'll speak about it via the telly. Or if you want to come in the studio, you can wait till after lockdown and we'll talk about Liverpool in the studio. But if you're a Liverpool fan and you do want to come on the podcast and have a little chat, let me know. Get in touch. Uh, I love speaking football. I love speaking to new Reds who I've never met before about football. And I like hearing other people's opinions on things. Um, so, yeah, I'm always willing to have pretty much anyone on the podcast, really, anyone who wants to chat. Because I just love talking about Liverpool. And obviously, you've got to have a decent enough knowledge. You can't come on and tell me that Everton won the other day and stuff like that because, uh, no, you know what I mean? You need to have decent enough knowledge of Liverpool. That goes without saying, really. But yeah, I'm open to having people on the podcast if you're interested. Get in touch. Um, also, a big shout out to KCC Live, who are supporting the podcast now and will be broadcast between the hours of six and eight every single Monday, uh, which goes to sh- is a little sneak preview for you. That podcast will be two hours long um, when we get back into the swing of things. We're, we're still in pre season ourselves, still still teasing, you know, um, new studio and that, still just getting used to it. But. Yeah, so big thanks to KCCI for supporting that. Any new listeners, we got loads of new watchers on YouTube after the show aired on KCCI Live last week, and we got loads of new subscribers. And also the um, the downloads of the podcast plummet, like plummet is the word, where, where, uh, is the wrong word, isn't it? Skyrocketed. Um, they almost doubled after the episode aired on KCCI Live, which is phenomenal, really, and and big love for them. But yeah, if you are if you are listening on Casey Live, do follow us, Red's Cast Podcast everywhere. You can listen to us on Spotify, Amazon, uh, Apple Podcasts, Alexa, KCC Live. You can watch us on YouTube. There's loads of ways to get in touch with the Red's Cast. Um, and yeah, I will be back tomorrow with somebody to discuss the Palace game. And tonight, come on the Burnley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>